Hi, everybody. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. For all you spiritual chicks on the go and for all you regulars, you know that we are real girls having real talk about real issues while we try to apply our very real faith. And sometimes it's a real mess. And most of the time when you're talking dating and sex and how to couple in this messy world we live in, it can be a real mess. So joining me again for this week's Girl Club to continue this conversation that we've been having the last couple of weeks. It's a powerful conversation. And we're determined to get to some conclusion about and some some solid like foundation for all of you watching who are single, you know, and there's a lot here for all of you who are married. Um, I am married. And at this point in my marriage, I was single longer than I'm married. So um there's a lot of stuff going on here and a lot of perspectives. And I think a lot of wisdom, you know, to be imparted to each and every one of you watching. So say hello to Christina Reynolds, singer, songwriter, and girl club regular. Hey, Christina. Hey. And Christina Boudreau, evangelist, powerhouse for Jesus and uh, a girl club regular. Hey, Christina, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good, my two Christinas. Uh, we we I had to like I had to get you off the podium last week, uh, CB, because you were kind of on one, and you were going to make I think a really great example. Um, you know, uh, being a woman who is actually takes care of horses, trains horses, mm-hmm. you're going to make a pretty interesting example. So I kind of want you to pick it up right there and make your example before we dive head on into the rest of this conversation. Yeah, you know, I last week I plugged a book by Mike Todd, who I believe does a great job in talking about, you know, you know, courtship, marriage, like first singleness. He does probably the best message on singleness I've ever heard. Um, singleness, then he goes into courtship and then marriage. And one of the things that he talked about specifically with women, right, is that women are nurturers and oftentimes they see a guy who has potential, but who is not what that, but that man is not the man that that woman needs at that point in her life. And so oftentimes as women, because we're nurturers, we think, oh, I could change the guy. I can fix the guy. I can make the, that guy into what he needs to be for me. But oftentimes 10 years down the road, that guy hasn't put in the work to become what that guy is needed to be. And so just a, like a specific example is yesterday I was on the trail with my friend and my horse is a halflinger. She's really cute, but she used to be a cart horse for the Amish. And so naturally she only walks and she does a fast trot. She doesn't canter. We've tried to run her so she could canter. She does it for a couple steps, like in the turnout arena, but she won't do it on the trail. And so my friend, every time I go out on trail with her, she always has like her horse Um, that she was riding for our friend. And this horse's name is Pomp. He's an Appaloosa, just full of energy. And my friend was riding this horse bareback and he was riding ahead of my horse. And because he was running ahead so fast, my horse was like, oh, oh. And so it caused her to run fast. And the faster that he ran was the faster that she ran. And me and my friend were both like, dude, we've never seen her run this fast. And, And looking back, it's like, dude, my horse because she saw another horse run faster ahead of her inspired her to run faster inspired her to go stronger but if my horse as slow as she is would have had a horse behind her 
who was walking slower that she had to stop and catch up and wait for, she would never get anywhere. Our trail ride would have ended up, instead of taking 30 minutes, would have taken two hours. And my horse, if she didn't have that horse going ahead of her, she would have taken an hour to do this trail ride because homegirl likes to take her time. And so girls, whoever God has for you, you want someone who's running ahead of you, who's going to cause you to run faster. So that if it's going to take you an hour to do that trail ride, it's now going to take you 30 minutes. But if you have to wait for a guy who's slower behind you, what's going to take you an hour is now going to take you two hours. And the call of God on your life, the growth of God in your life, the potential of God in your life is going to be diminished and thwarted and slowed down because you're so busy trying to wait for someone that you're now it's causing you to slow down and not speed up. And so even yesterday, just thinking about that on the trail with my friend, I thought, wow, dude, like that's someone that I want to have one day. Like I want to have a pomp in my life. You know, this horse's name is pomp. Who's just going for it. Who's literally running through the fields and it's causing my horse to be like, Oh dude, I can run through the fields too. And it caused her to kick into another gear She's only used to walking and trotting, but she was going so fast that I was like, dude, it caused her to want to go into the next gear. And girls, the man that God has for you, that's going to be what you want is a guy who's going to cause you to want to go into the next gear to show you that you can go faster than what you ever have been trained to do or called to do. So I I just kind of want to leave that there. Yeah, that is that's it. Like, okay, bye. Thanks for watching. Because seriously, that is exactly how it was for me with Roger. I was, you know, I was at that place where I was like, okay, God, I'm doing it your way. Cause like I've tried it my way a long time and it ain't really working well for me. And I'm going to try it fully your way. And, but then there were no godly guys really around me. Um, I was at the place where I I would have loved to have met one, you know? I mean, there were godly guys around me, you know? I mean, I, I sort of have this Hollywood background. So for me, it was like, you know, the guy that stood up at the podium and accepted the Grammy and said, I want to thank Jesus and then threw up a 40. <laughs> Those kind of godly guys all around me. And, um, and I mean, and, and, and I mean, in all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors, but, and I use that as an illustration to say they were the kind of godly guys that weren't surrendered to Christ. They were Christians, but they weren't surrendered. And a lot of you know what that means. Okay. Cause a lot of you are Christians, but not surrendered. And I know what that means because I was that person. And at this time in my life, I was like, I'm ready to surrender to the full counsel of God and the full word of God. And I'm ready to make lifestyle Christianity my, mm. you know, my, my thing, not just verbal Christianity. Right. Right. Okay. So this brings me to like that, a great point, Christina, because like, first of all, A, where do you meet these men? And secondly, when you do meet this man that Christina Boudreau just talked about, it changes your entire life. Because when I met Roger, he was running after Christ. He had been running after Christ for years and years and years. He was fully formed in Christ. He was who he was going to be. And he was about lifestyle Christianity. So all of a sudden, as a matter of fact, I learned that term from him. And it took my entire walk up to another level. Mm. I had someone I could ask questions of and get my answers to those questions. I had somebody that I could really talk about, like, 
my own brokenness with and the challenges that I was having with being a Christian and walking it out. Like I found a person who was not just able to be my equal. He was running so far in front of me. I wanted everything that he had and I started running also. And now Mm -hmm. we run together. And when you're a woman, when you're a woman, that's how God created it. Adam was here Mm -hmm. first. He should have known a little bit about how to get around the garden right? Before she was made to be his helper. And it's true. Like he was, he was there first. Therefore we arrive on the scene and we want the benefit of the knowledge that he already has because he was there first. And that's what I would like for every woman that I love. You know, now there are those situations where, and I know we had a comment in from Ashley, who's a regular here um, on Girl Club. And she's, she says, you know, she talks about Deborah in the book of Judges and how Deborah was a true leader who knew her calling in the Lord. And she led a lot of men. Yes, she was, those, that was different though. You know, Deborah had to lead Israel and, and mm-hmm. it was appointed by God that she would. And thank God she had a man who could support that calling on her life. Right. But, but what, what Ashley kind of goes on to say is, you know, she's seen firsthand these women who are strong women of God and their leaders in their homes and their families. And eventually they even lead their husbands to God. However, when you're single, you don't want to look for somebody that you have to lead because you're, you don't mm. have the that in a marriage, you're ever going to lead them to God. Yeah, A lot of this is about women and men who get married and maybe they don't know Christ or the woman finds Christ first, you know, um, as a matter of fact, you guys know who Haley Bieber is, right? Haley Baldwin, who married Justin Bieber. Well, in, in her parents' testimony, her mom and dad were married. Her mom got radically saved for Christ. Awesome testimony. I know because her dad shared it with me many, many years ago and on a, on a television show. And, um, the mom got so radically rocked that she eventually impacted the husband and her husband got radically saved. And so now the children are the living fruit of this union. If your husband isn't saved, no one's advocating that you leave him because he's not, you're, you're already married. You know, now you need to employ different tools for the battle, you know, that mm-hmm. you in to get him serving and living for Christ also different kind of a situation. What we're really speaking to is dating and girls who are young and you're not married and you're out there and maybe you're dating all kind of crazy and you're making all kind of cuckoo mistakes. And even though you dress it up and you put it on and it might look fly and it may look all strong, like you're the one in control, you know that you're hurting and there's some shame involved. And shame is from the enemy, not from the Lord. Because see, when you're in the right relationship, there is no shame involved. There's only mm. joy, right? And honor and celebration. So we're talking to you because you're not married to some loser. You can still get it right. <laughs> Sorry. And, you know, and if, I mean, you shouldn't be dating people that you're looking to lead. It's, you, mm. it, it, it's just no. why do you give yourself away so cheaply? You know, you don't need no. to do that. You know, you don't need to do that. And can I say that I have heard of, you know, stories where it worked 
Okay. But that's, Mm -hmm. but I think overall, the reason why we're saying this isn't because it's like bad. Don't do that. You're worth more. So stop it. Not like that, but like, you don't realize the world of suffering that you're about to enter when you, when you go that way. And I say that because let's say even like you and this dude are on the same page, both going hard after God, let's say it's a picture perfect scenario. When you step into marriage, everything is stripped bare and you are, it's, it's, I like it. Like Alan Hood, he's a, he's a, a really influential leader in my life. And he has, and he said, marriage is the great sanctifier. Okay. It's not all like roses and rainbows and, you know, all these lovey dovey feelings though, there will be that it's really real and it's really raw. And I think when we kind of like expose marriage for all the good and all the hardship that is actually there, then it kind of like changes your perspective when you're going, Hey, you know, I think I'm going to missionary date this guy. I, you know, God gave me a dream. He told me I'm going to lead him to Christ and we're going to live happily ever after. I have witnessed so a good amount of friends who their relationships have not worked out. Their marriages have not worked out because of that very fact. And, and, and every person's relationship is different. You definitely want to keep the Lord involved. You want to keep a lot of wise, trustworthy counsel around you to navigate all that. But I think what we're really hitting on is that it's not the best decision and, and it's going to be very, very hard if you decide to, to go that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to piggyback off of like what you guys were saying, because even there's so many women in the church who, you know, they see a guy that's like awesome and whatever. And, and you know, like, I, I don't want this to be like a guy bashing session. Cause you know, every guy, you know, people grow differently or whatever, you know, and sometimes women like, you know, they're just very connected to the heart of God. And, you know, there's just like all of these dynamics, but you know, the thing is, is that, you know, the same thing with going back to my horse thing is that you don't want a guy like you could, okay, actually, let me say this first. You could be unequally yoked, even in a dating relationship or even in a marriage. You know what I'm saying? In this, in this sense, spiritually that like, if you're like a mature, like for example, right, I'm 31. I'm not going to date a guy that just came to the Lord like a year ago. You know what I'm saying? But one of my, one of my favorite, actually, let me, this is one of my favorite examples. Okay. One of my favorite pastors is Ken Graves. He's a, he's a Calvary Chapel pastor from Maine. And his story was that when he was young, he had called God in his life, right? At the age of 14, he sought the Lord. He went after the Lord at the age of 16 or 17. He left his home to go to teen challenge, not because of drugs and alcohol, but because he wanted to be discipled. So from the age of 16 to 17, up until 20, this man's being discipled, dude. He knew his calling. Like this man was a lion, right? When he came to California, actually, no, his wife was actually 30 years old, 10 years older. Okay. Homegirl's 10 years older. She went to Maine with her girlfriend just for like a, a vacation. As soon as she got the airplane, her girlfriend was like, oh, hey, we're going to go to church. She walks into church. She sees Ken. He sees her. That night he took her for a walk and kissed her and was like, I'm going to marry you. He moved to California. They got married and he pursued this woman, dude. And the thing is, is that when you look at their story and he always says, you know, I'm reading through his, this is another good resource. He has a really good series and book called Master Mission Mate, where you got to know who your master is, which is Christ. You got to know what your mission is, like what God's called you to do. And then God will bring you a mate to match that mission, you know, as your master's leading you. But one thing that I love about Pastor Ken is that 
that man at the age of 20 was a lion dude. Like he knew his identity in Christ. He knew his purpose. And he saw a woman who was 30 years old and he said, praise Jesus. And he just went for it, dude. And he talks about to this day that it was because of his wife that he is the man that he is today and his calling and everything like that. But it's like, he was at a point where he was able to lead his wife who he talks about at the time was trying to get away from an abusive ex-husband who had abused her and her child, you know, just like this whole thing he talks about, but it's like, dude, like, can you imagine if, you know, his wife at the time was dating him and he was like immature, like she would have been like, dude, I'm trying to leave you right now. But he was at the point at the age of 20 where it's not an age thing. It's a maturity thing where he was mature enough to lead her. He was mature enough to pursue her. And they were equally yoked even in their walks with Christ. And so oftentimes, like what you're saying, Christina, when you missionary date someone and they say yes to Jesus, especially if it's a guy girls and they're not solid in their walks and they're trying to lead you and they don't know how to lead you effectively, that's where it can end in brokenness. And that's where it can end. Cause did they only go to church and get saved to get you? You know what I'm saying? So I just kind of want to. Well, yeah. that, that's, and I see that all the time with in reverse with guys dating girls a lot, you know, yeah. where the guy, the guy, the guy basically still has a little bit of secularism in him. So he's drawn to a, a bit of secular flesh and he, you know, justifies it by saying, well, I led her to Christ or I'm, you know, I'm sowing into her life in this way. And that's just a load. I mean, you know, it is. And, and so, I I mean, you got to really be real with yourself. Look, I mean, I, I always, I always say, you know, real talk about real issues. We're real girls trying to apply our real faith. And, and real, 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 real. I keep saying that word because real means honest. You, you yeah. got to be honest with yourself. Where are you? Where are you in your walk? What are you missing? What do you have to offer? You know, what, what, are, where are you looking for what you feel you're missing? You know, cause everything should be satisfied here first, you know, with Christ, everything, your identity, your strength, your competence, everything. And honestly, if you're just living there, doing you and the Lord, you're going to look up and your mate will appear by your side. And as a woman, it's really important to get this because we're not the ones who are created to pursue. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really bad that we live in this world where girls have gotten so aggressive, so bold, so out there. I mean, you know, the whole part of the feminist movement, you know, now has given us TV shows where, it's cool for the chick to go up to the guy in the bar and say, I want to, I, will you take me home? Mm. Like, that's not cool. That's not right. You know, it may, it's been glamorized so that it looks cool. It looks powerful. But at the end of the day, what are you doing daughter? Like you were made for something more than that. Let the guys run after you the way you run after Jesus. And if you're running after Jesus in the way you should be, you're only going to want a guy who runs after you in that way. Mm. That's, that's it. Like our role model is this relationship. If this relationship up, down is good, this relationship, you know, out, out in will be good. And, you know, it's funny. I, I mean, it really takes me to one of the comments we got uh, from Brenda. And, um, you know, I got to read this because basically she says, yeah, I, but I think my struggle is finding Christian men. 
it's hard to find that godly man you were all describing. So like, where are all the godly men at? Where do you find them? That is a really good question. You know, it is a very good question. (laughs) I know that it's a, it's a big struggle for friends of mine. You know, it's like, where's, where's the concept? Like what context do I get in to get around that? Cause that really relationships happen in context. I mean, it's very few that you're like driving down the road. The dude's like, you're so cute. Give me your number. And it works out, you know, (laughs) but, um, right. Right. You know, you know, like it's, I think Christina should really speak on this as well, but I, I feel like there's so much that you can do as a single woman, you know, and just from like seeing some of my friends who are doing, who are doing like singleness so well, not desperate, not anything, not even looking for anything and are just having their eyes set on Jesus. There's so much I think that you can do to cultivate in yourself to be, to prepare yourself for marriage. You know, and I kind of, I loved what you said, Cynthia. It's like, if you focus this way and like, even what Christina is saying is about like, I don't have time for this. Like I'm running after what the Lord has for me. My schedule is booked up. I am, I am taking care of myself. I'm growing. I'm healing. When you do that, you know, it's, it's what people in the world called manifesting. That's what they say. I'm going to manifest this. I'm going to manifest a million dollars. I'm going to manifest being the CEO of my own company. But what is that? Like it kind of, it kind of does happen that way. When you focus on Jesus, you focus on yourself, not in a narcissistic way, but on like, who am I? Like, how can I mature in love and on the Lord? And you become whole. I really do believe that that will attract the right people to you. And it won't be about like, of course, like don't stay in your house all day and think that some guy's going to notice you. That's not going to happen either. But there is a place where you, you cultivate this treasure that you are and you grow yourself before the Lord. And I think that that is one of the most attractive things that will draw the right person to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, just to jump, jump in here to what you're saying, Christina. um, (laughs) I think a lot of women think that they get married and then they become the Proverbs 31 wife, you know, and I remember Christina, Mm -hmm. I was so impressed when, when to see you in seasons where you're dating or you've met someone or whatever, and you start really studying, okay, you know, Proverbs 31. This is something you study now while you're single, because you don't just become fixed when you're married. You don't just become a Proverbs 31 wife when you're married. No, you become her well before you even find that person because, Mm -hmm. because you value the counsel of God that says, Hey, this is what a, this is what a, this is the wife. This is what a wife is. This is what the King's mother would pick for her son. And I know, you know, I have a young King. He might be more like still a young prince, you know, cause he's still getting there in a lot of ways to being ready to be married. But I see him as a King and what would I pick for him? And I think about how heavy that chapter is because this is really what, this is the King's, this is what the King's mother was looking for for her son. So pay attention. Like, just start learning. I mean, you read Proverbs 31 and she's doing business deals. She's getting up early. She's like to to cook, to feed the kids, to to make, to run her trade, right? Run her business. What do you think she was doing before she got married? Starving? No. You think she was sleeping? She wasn't getting up to do anything. She learned nothing 
All her knowledge was imparted when she said, I do. No, she was working on those skills all along. She was probably already doing business deals and learning how to run a business and learning what hard work is. She was probably Mm -hmm. getting up early already to do whatever it was she had to do. She was cooking already. You know what I mean? She liked to eat, so she knew how to cook. Like she probably valued a clean house. So she caught up and she cleaned her own place. Like she was doing all that stuff. And then Mm. when she got married, she was already equipped to do all that stuff for her husband. So Mm. a lot of times when young women will say to me, you know, Pastor Cynthia, I want to get married. I want to get married. I want this. I want that. And I'm like, okay, are you the husband you want already? Because your wife should be a mirror image to him as the husband. Are you already that? I mean, I've had some girls say that to me and I'm like, no, you're not ready to get married, sister. You're not even ready to be single. <laughs> you're, mm. you're not even ready to date. You know what I mean? And, and so, I mean, seriously, like you got to do a little reality check on yourself. Right. Like, yeah, and, there's, and I know I did at one point in my life and I was like, ooh, I'm a hot mess. Therefore, right. I will always attract a hotter mess. Oh, and it's so true. The hottest mess we can be. No, that's not right. Like, it's right. not right. You know, right. And, yeah. I, and I'm not like the skills is so good. It's so practical. It's like having those things is so good. And then at the same time, like, how are you cultivating your inner life? How are you cultivating like yeah, your patience, your kindness, your long suffering, the fruit of the spirit? And I know it sounds like so cliche, like whatever, like, like you, you will, you will express that um, in your own unique way because you are unique and you're different from anyone else but how are you cultivating that because let me tell you you will need a whole lot of patience you will need Mm -hmm. a whole lot of long suffering you will need a whole lot of humility and kindness when you get married because that's the last thing that i want to (laughs) be when you know a lot of the times like i literally prayed today i was like jesus and i've been married for 12 years i was just like jesus help me not to be mean today because i've been going through it i've been kind of mean and it's, it has nothing to do with my husband. It's all about, it's what's going on the inside of me. And it's like, if I would have like cultivated that stuff and really worked on it beforehand, it would have made the first seven years of our marriage a lot easier. But yet the first seven yeah. years were like hell, hell. And we both love Jesus, both going hard after him. But because that inner life wasn't developed in me and I will take full blame for that because I was a drug addict before we met. And he married me like straight off straight off the streets. So God bless him. And he stuck with me. But I mean, like, if you will do that inner work, if you will learn Mm. some skills, learn about, I mean, learn how to cook, not so that you can be good enough for a man for yourself, you know, invest in yourself. And you know, the world does this, the world does this very well. Feminism does this very well. Elevate yourself. Yes. Okay. Level up your game. You know, do this. Take care of yourself. Like, look Get good. It's down, good to look good. Do your hair. Go to the gym. Not to be anorexic. Not to get body dysmorphia. But to take care. Actually, not to get steward. A no, no, not to get. But to steward the gift that God gave you. Your body. Your life. Your personality. Your longings. Your desires. Your giftings. Steward that so that you can actually go into a marriage happily. You know, that you'll yes, be right. I in that crown. Yes, I love what you said too, because Chris, Chris, Christina Reynolds, I love what you said because honestly, when you know, you guys, it's Corinthians 13, right? Love is patient, 
love is kind. Love doesn't envy. <laughs> love doesn't boast. It, 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 l- l- listen to this. It, it, it's not proud. It doesn't dishonor mm-hmm. others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Okay. So, but church, for those of you in the church, where there are prophecies, they're going to cease. Where there are tongues and gifts of tongues and all these great gifts, they're going to be stilled, silenced. Where there's knowledge, it's going to pass away. The Mm. only thing that is important is love. And you nailed it, CR. I mean, I'm telling you, there are times where I have to get up and pray, God, please help me to be patient and nice to my husband. God, please help me to be this. God, please help me to be that. And I'm telling you, a lot of that comes from not having worked enough on that outside of my marriage. You know, a, a lot, yeah, a lot of time, a lot of that comes from, I mean, the reality is the way that I dated as a single person. And now we're going to talk about the wreckage that happens when you date outside of what God wants. So my dating always involved premarital sex, nine, nine times out of 10, if it was somebody that I felt I loved. Um, and then when the going got rough and difficult, Miss Tough got going. That's it. I did not want drama. I, Mary J, no more drama. So I left because I was stewarded by women who said things to me like, girl, the best way to get over one is with another one. Mm. Mm. And I was stewarded by a society that said, you know, ooh, you could replace him. He's not, he's not, he's not doing it your way. You know, you got to be in control, girl. Like, oh. All these things that are just so wrong, you know, and it's the world that we're living in. This isn't a come down on any of you who are watching. This is a leg up. What we're trying to do is like share with you. Yeah, we've been there. We've done it. No judgments. But this is how you do it right. This is how you fight this battle and win Yeah, and be victorious. And um, yeah, you know, real love, you got to start working on now. Learn it now. When you're yes, queen. You know, queens, as you say, CB, because when you're in the room occupying the space with somebody else, 365 days a year, 24 <laughs> hours a day. Right. You will get tested in your love is patient. Love is kind. Forget everything else it says. Oh, wait, love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. How oh. many of you are not kind, impatient, and you just cannot wait to run down the list of everything he did wrong? Every time you have another fight. Ooh. Yeah, it's real. Oh, I have something to piggyback off both of y'all. So, like, just practically, right? A lot of stuff you were saying, Christina. Like, I 31, dude. Like, I hit the... I, I try to hit the gym four to five days a week. I ride my horse. Go to the beach, dude. Like, I I cold, like I, I do my... Like, I, I spent the last three days doing my hair because I have, you know, modeling stuff happening. There's things that I do, not because I'm even trying to do it for a guy. Oh, right. hold on, guys. Hold on just a second. Oh, sorry, hold on just a second. No worries. Battery's about to go out. Girl, this is real life. Plug it in. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you got to get all the wisdom plugged in, CB. <laughs> Did it turn out good? Yes. Okay. Look at the back. It turned I out love- good, right? Yes. Yeah. Ro- Roman, oh, wait, love- what was it? 
teaches. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Check for you. Thank you. Romans yeah, 12. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything. Post Romans 12 too. While yeah. We're having, a, having a hair check oh, in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let me right. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Yeah, this is all about this is this is really what we're talking about, you know, the, mm-hmm. every week, every week. It's, but but specifically right. right now, we're talking about renewing your mind in dating because many of us are not taught the correct things about how to date as a as a as a as a Christian. You know, I mean, we're taught a lot about how to date as a person outside of the church, as a non-believer. I mean, it's all around you. But I mean, I'm talking about as a believer, I was discipled by secular shows that were incorrect, that were teaching me what it looked like to be a, you know, a got it going on girl, you know. Um, So everything I learned, to be honest with you, outside of the church about dating was how to get a man. Mm -hmm. everything I've learned inside the church in the word of God is about how to be the right kind of a woman, the right kind of a human being, how to get myself, like how to claim and win me, you know, how to be victorious, how to be, it's all about like how to actually be everything that God wants me to be, not, not how to trap a man. Right. And, and I, I think we're, or, uh, Christine's about to go is that you don't do these things in order. It's not like, okay, I'm going to do this. Cause when I do this, I'll get this. It's not that it's like, it really, like when I see it, it really is stewardship. When and it goes back to identity, when you know the prized possession, the prized, like, like daughter that you are of the King and you, and you realize like the wealth of like, Oh, I'm talented at this. You gave me this, you gave me this gift, that gift. And you start stewarding that. I mean, it really comes down to you stewarding, your, your life, you know, it has nothing to do with the man, but I mean, I will tell you, like, I, I mean, when I've talked to like my husband and to other guys, like, like that is so attractive. A woman who's confident in herself, who is growing, you know, at the end of the day, your, your sexy and beautiful appearance is going to fade. And what's going to be left after that? You know what I mean? It's going to be what you've cultivated on the inside. It's going to be, it's going to be that confidence and that love that you've cultivated. So, I mean, I don't want any girl to walk away from this being like, I got to go to the gym now. I got to get my nails done. I have to be on point all the time. That's not the point. That is not the point. It's just about stewarding the beautiful treasure that you are. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, for any of you, I think it's always important to remind you guys who are watching, like if you've fallen off this bike, you know, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, you know, I didn't always date correctly, you know, as, as I've shared with you. And and as you really know, if you know my testimony Um, and, and I, I do think my book prodigal daughter is really, is a real honest look at a lot of this stuff. I brought so much of my own brokenness to the table and it wasn't until I confronted my own brokenness. Well, no, it wasn't until I surrendered to Christ. When I surrendered and was willing to do anything to be healed, healthy, and whole in Christ's eyes, that's when um, I was able to do the right kind of inner healing. That's when I was able to change my life in the ways it needed to be changed. And 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 the right man just he just he just appeared right there. 
I wasn't yeah, looking. I wasn't yeah. looking for him at all. He just appeared. And when he appeared, he was in the friend zone because I recognized <laughs> he was because I recognized that he was a man of God and I needed yeah. what had. I needed his spiritual knowledge. I didn't need his body. I didn't need him to date me. I didn't need his validation. I didn't need anything like that. I didn't need his money. Nothing. I needed to know what he knew about Jesus because Mm -hmm. I wanted to be right. I wanted that. And it was in me pursuing that to be a better mother, to be a better sister, to be a better friend, to be a better, to be a better me. You know, Mm -hmm. it was that that we fell in love with. Because yeah. he, he was like, you were just all about you and being a mom and being a better woman. What's oh, not yeah. about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, sorry, guys, that was my landlord. She <laughs> came, okay. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, even the, well, we'll pick up from what I was saying before. It's like, one of the things that Mike Todd said, you know, is that he said that like oftentimes when there's brokenness in a relationship or marriage, it's not a relational issue or it's not a marriage issue. Issue, it's a singleness issue because oftentimes I hear so many women that they're like, when there's some guy they're trying to impress, especially at church, right, or some guy whose attention they're trying to get at church, it's like you know they they get themselves like all like together and they do their hair and they do their makeup and and whatever, and they go to the gym. And I've been guilty of this too. But then when there's no longer a guy or they're not in a relationship, it's like they let themselves go. And I'm like, queen, mm. wh- what's happening, girl? Why'd you take off your crown? But it's like, dude, at the age of 31, I go to the gym. I go shopping. I take care of myself. I ride my horse. I'm constantly reading books to cultivate you know, my inner self, constantly pursuing healing, hanging out with friends. I surround myself with the highest caliber of people that I, that I, that God has blessed me with um, that constantly, you know, when my crown is a little crooked, you know, help me straighten it. You know, I, I remember having that whole conversation with Cynthia and Roger in that season of my life and they helped straighten my crown. And I was like, they were like, okay, straighten your crown. Now get on baby girl with what God's called you to do. And now it's like, no matter what in life, like you, a guy or girl, guys and girls who could be watching this, mainly girls, a guy can't be a reason why you're taking care of yourself, why you're cooking, why you're eating healthy, why you're exercising, why you even invest in yourself, dude. Like so many people, it's like, you know, so many girls, I'm like, dude, why don't you just buy that dress? And they're like, well, I don't got nobody to impress. It's like, no, dude, it's not about impressing people. Buy yourself that dress and look nice for yourself. Like, invest in yourself take yourself out to the movies like i go to cheesecake factory by myself often just because i like to sit and have an appetizer and coffee and i love their bread and because i've invested so much in my singleness for the last 31 years in that season of my life even when that guy my friend you know just you know whatever i was just like i'm good dude i'm killing it in my singleness and i'd rather be single than have to deal with this dynamic and I killed it before my singleness. I was still killing it in my singleness, even during the time I was hanging out with them. And on the other side of that, I'm killing it even now. So regardless of whether I have a man in my life or not, Christ is my focus and Christ is my motivation. Even if I don't get married till I'm 40, I'm 31 now, I'm going to keep killing it for the Lord and look good and show up for myself. Like so many people only show up because they want to be attractive or godly or whatever for someone like, 
no, dude, like mm. do it for you. Like, and yeah. yeah, it's just so sad when women use that excuse of they only take care of themselves or invest in themselves because there's some guy in the picture. And that's just, that's just sad. You know, yeah. it's sad. I remember, I remember a season where the Lord was really tell, showing me what it meant to be a bride. And I walked into the store and I was, you know, I was, I, I was alone and I bought mm. this white dress for myself just because I felt like God wanted me to have a white dress. And I knew yeah. it was, it was something between him and I of me looking like his bride. So mm. crazy. Sounds so crazy, but I love that dress. Lord, please let me be able to fit it again one day. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I love that dress though. And I love what it was to me in that season because it was just about me and him and looking good to him and being his bride. And, you know, I, I, I always think about it. It's so crazy. I always think about it because I, I, I think when you learn to value yourself and time alone with yourself and value your own thoughts and value your conversations with the Lord what you realize is a how valuable you are as we've been saying repeatedly but b how how valuable you are to Christ to the lord mm-hmm. i mean god loves you you know and and jesus our savior you know god the son died for you and i mean like you got to really sit and think about that sometime and the power of what that really means like who do you know in your life who would die for you? You know, I know my husband would, you know, I know that many years after that moment where God showed me as his bride, you know, in that white dress, um, many years later, when I finally did get married, I know that God has shown me repeatedly that my husband is him on earth. Mm. You know, he treats me the way that Christ does. And, um, And when I'm treating him the way that Christ does, he really treats me the way that Christ does. Now, nasty Cynthia and impatient Cynthia and unkind Cynthia and Cynthia, who sometimes is less than a Proverbs 31 or a, or a Corinthians, you know, version of love. I can sometimes bring out something snappy from him, but he's never raised his voice. He's never, ever cursed in Mm. front of me, to me, around me and not around me. Who he is, is who he is for the Lord. Mm. Who are you? For the Lord. Mm. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. And I, you know, because I have both a son and a daughter. I'm thinking about my son who's like, he's turned 10. He's adorable. He's like the cutest mm. thing ever. And I fear for him when he has yeah. to enter this world of dating. Mm-hmm. But I'm, but I'm also want to like, just, I know we're like really focusing on women as well, but I want to think like, you know, I think there, something happens in, in the way that we as women who love and value ourselves, we will also love and value Mm. the opposite sex in a very respectful way that like the Lord intended. Cause I know that I could be tempted, you know, to go into the, well, you're not good enough for me. You're not worth my time. This, 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 that, whatever, and respond in that, in, in that manner. But at the same time, that guy who doesn't have it together yet, who was acting a fool is still a child of God. You know, I think sometimes uh, my tendency and my temptation for me personally as like a very strong and like 
woman who gives off a lot of like masculine energy at times um, can want to go there and just want to disrespect the, the opposite sex and put them down. So like you leveling up as a woman in no mm-hmm. shape, way or form will put someone else down, but it'll actually mm-hmm. uplift those around you. So I want to yeah. like also maintain just like the respect for men and understanding like, like with you, Christina, like even though this guy doesn't have it together, like he's not worth your time right now but yeah. he still has an entire destiny and um, a future that God has plans and purposes for yeah. him. So these men still deserve our respect mm-hmm. in a sense, not, not to allow them to use us, but yeah. to respect them as a child of God. So I want to at least make that clear. Cause I would hate oh, yeah. to get like treated nastily oh, when he's yeah. like, yeah. Oh, and, you know, same with you, Cynthia, you know, you love your son. You wouldn't want him to get, you know, treated in a nasty way because you we yeah. understand the other side of that as well yeah and i want to yeah. piggyback off of that because you know christina like when you know even after my friend and i had this conversation we had it on a thursday and that saturday you know because our conversation went long i said let let's powwow again on that saturday you know we both you know agreed to clear our heads and that um that saturday morning i had spent getting counsel from two of my very close brothers in the Lord who are seasoned believers and as well as Cynthia and Roger. And I, and, and I finally, you know, reached out to him and I said, let's finish out this conversation. It's going to be very short. And on the way to that conversation, the Lord put it on my heart, Christina, you need to, you need to set this man up for success. Mm-hmm. You need to encourage him. You need to, you need to point the ship of his life in the right direction. And so in that conversation, I basically told him, you know, as a woman of God, I'm sorry that we hung out outside of church. I said, even though it was in public settings, like there was no vision or intentionality. And I don't really do that. And no woman of God should do that unless the man has stated his intentions. So number one, I'm sorry for that. And I said, you know, from the beginning, we were acting like we were courting and, the, you know, talking about our future and talking about, you know, I love you. You're my best friend. I care about you, all this stuff but nothing was ever said. And I said, I'm sorry, because I never give guys that special attention in my life. And I just kind of went down the list and I said, you know, in the future, if God were to have something for us, this is how it's going to go. You tell your pastor, I'm going to tell my pastor, you know, um, I said, we're going to go before the leadership of our church, you know, like these people are going to know. And I said, this is how we're going to do it right. And I said, regardless, I just want to let you know that wherever God leads you. And I just kind of encouraged him. I spent more time owning and encouraging. And he and what that caused him to do was say, you know what? I was given the wrong counsel. I was told, you know, and, and really what it boiled down to is that I know that he was scared and, you know, and all this stuff. And God has an amazing calling on his life. But, you know, he even stated, you know, like you're my best friend and all this stuff. And. And, but even in that, when I look back at that season, I left that day from that part with this man feeling more encouraged. Mm. You know, this man, I let, the Lord was basically like, you need to leave him better and not bitter, Christina, because mm, really good. he was a child of God mm. and as a sister in the Lord. Like I knew that the Lord was like, Christina, if it was in your flesh, you would have cut this man so deep because right. that's my personality. I'm very cut and dry with things. But oh. The Lord was like, you need. Oh yeah, I'm like, we all are. <laughs> yeah, we all are. The three of us, the three of us have a little bit of of butch in our babe. I mean, yeah. Because let me tell you, yeah, and that's probably honestly, and even even that is probably a product of some things that have been done to us that were not right. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. And and if it was up to me, it would have been a it would have been gladiator and I would have been the one coming out on top, dude. Right. Because I just know, dude, I just know that the and that's why the Lord was like, Christina, put your the what I heard the Lord speak to me was put your sword away. You need to walk in right. with love and grace. Cause Wrong just sword. like my old horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like my old horse, dude. Like my old horse was strong and he was crazy, but he was really sweet. And the Lord's like, I gave you a horse who's just like you. You're strong and if you can be a little crazy sometimes, but you're also really sweet. And the Lord wanted me to bring out the sweetness of who he's created me to be to set his son up for success so that on the other side, it was going to be a learning experience. And he even validated, you know, like he was just like, because he had told me, he's like, you're the most amazing godly woman I've ever met. And I look up to you so much that it's like I needed to keep that image of what a godly woman is on the other Mm. side of everything. So that day when I owned everything and I came with humility and I came with like basically owning what I needed to own, basically basically saying like, you know, no godly woman should ever hang out with a guy without intentions being met so that, you know, both parties don't get hurt because look at what happened with us. I said a lot of stuff was said, but at the end of the day, we're both here and we're both wrecked because, you know, one of us, I didn't say this, you know, one of us is scared and the other one's ready, but, you know, I just told the Lord. And so I left that conversation that day with him feeling he was so encouraged and, you know, whatever. And he left being like, oh, wow, dude, like, that's how you do it. That's how you do it right. You know, from coming from a godly woman. And Mm -hmm. so, and same thing with me, I left encouraging my brother in the Lord, because sometimes it's not about being right. And on the other side of situations like that, you always want to leave people better. And what did I learn from this experience? And at the end of the day, he was my brother in the Lord. And I needed to stand before the Lord one day and say, God, I encouraged your son more than anything else. Because mm-hmm. he was a child of the Lord. And I treated him yeah. like that, even though I wanted to chop him. But, yeah. you know, it just, <laughs> you know, so. Right. Yeah. But you really, you owned your part, yeah. no matter how small, you know, it, it, or, mm-hmm. or large that may have been. And you kept God first. And that's the thing. That's why you want to date with the Lord at the head of your life and your intentions. Because the reality is that, you know, whether you spend 10 minutes or 10 months with someone, you if you have come to the conclusion that you're not ready, that it's not working, you need to be able to pass that person on to their spouse, potentially right. that person, right. someone else intact, whole, oh, yeah. and healthy, because oh, we yeah. have an obligation to steward each other in right. love, right. in love. And God didn't say, Steward those that you have not dated and are super pissed off at in love. <laughs> he said, you know, love each other, love your neighbor, do unto each other as you want done to you. Like no one is excluded in this. We have an obligation to love and be patient and kind yeah. and not keep a record of wrongs and all of that with everybody. And that's where this gets so difficult is because we as humans want to separate out those people who have done us wrong, pissed us off, disappointed us, hurt us, harmed us, and did not meet our expectations. But the reality is if we are sufficient on our own and we're 
getting our expectations met from God and we're living the way he wants us to live and he's first, then everybody we deal with, even someone that we date, if they hurt us, disappoint us, don't meet our expectations, we haven't invested anything beyond the normal amount of human, you know, kindness and conversation. And this is why we guard our hearts, right? So we're not invested in a way where this other person's going to make us now run off, lose our religion and act like a fool. You know, mm-hmm. Christina Boudreaux, what you did, CB, is recognize that he was God's son, that yeah. he was still your brother in Christ. Maybe he's not meant to be your husband, but he's still a leader in the kingdom and someone that you needed to, as a more mature woman of God, that you needed to still stand in, in your truth with. You needed to still represent who you're supposed to be with that person because yeah. you're still daughter. You're still... Mm-hmm called to the leadership role you're still called to. And you shouldn't be putting that aside for 20 minutes to, you know, be slap homeboy all over the park, you know? Yeah. And I realized too, that like, you know, even that season of my life, like I was so good with who I was that oftentimes when you have like a deep, like intimacy with the Lord and a maturity it's almost like when you have like growing up when you have younger siblings and your parents know that they're wrong and you're right. But sometimes your parents are like, because they're younger, can you just take one for the team and just be like, yeah. Oh, I forgive you and move on. That's kind of what I did in this situation, knowing that he was never going to fully own, you know, like the mistakes that he made and the things that he said and, that night at the park, how he just made excuses and retracted everything. I knew he was never going to fully own that, but I was just like, you know what, Lord? I feel like the the posture I had from the Lord was, Christina, will you do this for me? Like, will you be the more mature one to come to the table? Because when you come with humility and when you come, and that is like, there's such a humility and grace really opens up the hearts of both parties. Yes. And, and this homeboy was ready to run, but the humility and grace helped him to stay and have an open heart and left him more healed and whole on the other side. And honestly, even in the time I was hanging out with him, I never shared with him more than what I don't share with my friends. There was never any deep intimate parts of my heart because the whole time my favorite verse is guard your heart above all else for out of it flows everything in life. And it's like, because there is no vision or intentionality or commitment, I never felt safe enough to share those parts of my heart you know? And even like, I remember when there was people coming to try out my horse, you know, that was off the track horse before I sold him. There was this lady that came who does a three day eventing. She's a top three day eventer in all of Ventura County. And she came and she's like this big time person. And my horse was, had a really good head and she tried him out and she was like, man, this guy's awesome. But there was an so she came forward and she said, I want to do a PPE, which is, you know, like a vet check and all this stuff. They basically, she basically says, I want to buy him but she wanted to come on another day to ride him when I wasn't there. And when she did, my horse showed her the bad side of him. Cause she tried to pull out a four year old horse right when he got his food, he's not going to be happy. That's pulling a teenage boy away from his like in and out hamburger, you know, and fries. And, but because, but she was trying to basically, she wow. wanted the benefits. Yeah. She wanted the benefits of, of what it means to like, like basically when, because I own my horse, I have the benefits of riding her whenever I want. 
taking her out whenever I want, going in her stall whenever I want. She wanted the benefits of horse ownership when she hadn't put down the bill, when she hadn't made that commitment. And so many people, they want the benefits of every part of who you are without the commitment. And so for me, this guy, he had, he hadn't made that commitment. He hadn't put down that, you know, promise ring or Christina, let me talk to the fathers in your life or the brothers in your life. He hadn't done that. So for me, I was that strong enough horse to be like, well, I, I what my horse did that day to that lady and being like, who are you to take me out of my stall and try to ride me in the middle of my meal? Like, I'm going to buck you off. And that's what she did. He bucked and he was giving her like he was a hot mess. And that's what we have to do, girls. Yeah, That's what I did. Like this guy wanted the benefits, but I was just like, no, dude, I'm going to buck you right off because you can't tell me what's up. You can't take me out of my stall right. and try to, you know, whatever right. without right. my owners and without the people that, that oversee me around. And right. I think when we know our value in Christ, we'll buck off whoever tries to have ownership over us right. and tries to tell us what up, what's up without that ownership. And so it's just like, dude, like sometimes the more you hold on, the more, the higher the price you'll pay. And the thing is, is that my friends told me if that lady would have taken out your horse and if he would have gotten injured, that's on you, girlfriend, you have to pay the vet bill. And guess what? So many girls are hurt because guys take them out and they get hurt without the fathers in their life knowing. And the girl has to pay the bill. Yeah, The guys, the fathers have to pay the bill. And, and that's, I mean, that is like the perfect place to wrap up today is, is, you know, what you want to do when you're dating someone is to make sure that the second you hear this is not your horse to ride, you know what I mean? Just like Christina's example of the horse. Um, the second you know that, and you need to edit a lot faster, stop hanging out, figuring stuff out that you already know within five minutes, stop it. You know, you want to be open, but you want to be smart. Don't be so open. Your brains fall out your head. You know, Yes, this is someone that is ready to be in the same place that I'm ready to be. You know, you know that and you know when they're not. So I I, I got to I, I tend to say to women all the time, like, come on, you know, you knew better. What was the first warning sign? So mm-hmm. but but what you want to be able to do when you know, no, this is not for me or and if you're a guy watching when you know, no, this is not for me. You want to be able to, and this is the big takeaway from this particular conversation for me, you want to be able to give that person back as if you're giving them to their accurate spouse and saying, here, God, here, you know, Jenny, whatever your name is, this is your spouse, not mine. And I want you to know that I treated them very well. They're intact. Mm -hmm. They're still whole. In fact, they're better for the short time we had together. And so I want to leave you with that this week. Um, Christina and Christina, man, thank you guys for all your pearls of wisdom. This is a a, a fascinating conversation. And I know that we're going to end up actually talking about um, a whole lot as we dive into this one even more. So thanks for watching Girl Club, you guys. I will see you along with the girls next time. Bye. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. 
Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.